here he is, having the time of his life. Must be at the nexus of the universe. Welcome to episode nine. We've made it nine episodes of the Nexus of the Universe podcast. My name is Chase Johnston, broadcasting live from Peachland, BC, uh, out in Prince Rupert in the North Coast. We got Cole Stefuk. You can follow him on Twitter at Cole Stefuk. Uh, Dexter Waddy in Prince George in his new home uh, at Dextacular. You can follow him at Twitter. Uh, Zachary Connard in Point Roberts, Washington. You can follow him at Zachary Connard. You can also follow me on Twitter at C Johnston WHL. Uh, boys, it was one hell of a weekend last weekend, mainly because it was week one of the NFL. Last episode, we got to talk about our NFL predictions. Uh, I, we were stunned by about three, maybe four games uh, last week. Uh, and it all started at that week one game. Usually that Thursday game is pretty automatic. The team that wins the Super Bowl usually ends up winning that Thursday night opener. Not this time. Uh, Kareem Hunt ran all over the Patriots defense 42 to 27 on the opening night. Um, Zach was quite happy uh, because you drafted Kareem Hunt, Zach. Yeah, I did. How, my, team uh, is led, my team is led by rookie running backs right now. I was just going to say, the rookie running back so far has been exceeding everybody's expectations. Uh, Dexter, Cole, did you guys end up drafting any rookie running backs? No, no, just rookie wide receivers for me for some reason. Who didn't do that well? Davis didn't do bad, but Ross was injured, so I'm still good. Dexter? No. Simple as well, that. <laughs> <laughs> um well it, the big the big shocker right there had to have been kansas city um running all over the patriots defense they probably were not prepared now they're going to be going into new orleans next week into the superdome and you know bill belichick will have a plan and well he'll have a plan of destruction to pretty much bring down um, drew Brees and that offense uh the other games around cole your Cincinnati Bengals I, shot out at home. I don't know what happened. So I, I watched not only only half of that game, and it was a Spanish um, stream. So I don't, I literally don't know what was going on. It looked like the Bengals weren't playing football, and it sounded like the commentators weren't speaking English. So I don't really know what happened. They got shut out. It's embarrassing. I, I, I don't know if I really want to talk about it, honestly. Not, not ready for it. Well, the Baltimore Ravens looking really good so far, defensively and offensively. Uh, and then there was the game that we all know about the floods going on in Houston and then J.J. Watt helping helping raise, uh, what was it now? It's over $30 million uh, towards uh, flood relief. Now, we were all expecting Houston's D and that whole Houston team to come out strong. They seemed like an automatic pick. There was a lot of... Uh, guys in my survivor league that was picking Houston as the guaranteed victory of the week. Not so fast, especially going with Blake Bortles looking as awful as he did in the preseason. And as Tom Savage looking as great as he did in the, uh, in the, in the preseason, the complete opposite happened. Blake Bortles was looking sharp. Allen or Leonard Fournette, the rookie running back looked as advertised and Tom Savage got pulled. What was it in the first quarter? Halftime or the third quarter. He got, I know, I think he played for the first, first half at least. Uh, Deshaun Watson came in, didn't really make much of a difference. He got in the end zone once, uh, but man, Houston, not looking good at all. Uh, and then the next game after that, it was the one of the Monday nighters, the first Monday nighter. Um, now this game could have been 50, 50, but really Minnesota's offense, Sam Bradford 
was given pretty much every snap when he was throwing the ball, about five to seven seconds in the pocket each time. And what's so shocking about how good this offensive line is, five new starters. A couple of guys are on the team last year, but have moved, switched positions. But they picked up Riley Reif, uh, who was right tackle of the uh, Detroit Lions last year. He's now at left tackle. And then Remmers from uh, Carolina, who's at right tackle. They look really good. They have the same defense as they had last year, which was a top five defense. But now they have the offense to go along with it, along with, once again, another rookie running back in Dalvin Cook. Zach, talk about Dalvin Cook. Oh, Dalvin Cook. That guy, (laughs) there were plays where he looked gassed because they were just running him into the ground with how many carries he was taking. I I think Latavius Murray definitely solidified his spot as a second back because I think there's a bit of a question going into the first game who would be the premier back, although Dalvin Cook clearly won it in the preseason. But Latavius Murray came into the game first carry (laughs) he had. He pulled a Kareem Hunt and fumbled the ball. But as a veteran player, you kind of can't do that when you're trying to get that first spot. So, yeah, Dalvin Cook looked really good. He ran for like 120 yards, broke Adrian Peterson's uh, Vikings debut uh, record. So Ricky for I, game one. The first yeah, game yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he looked really good. And I'm, I, I wouldn't put it past the Vikings to just continue to feed him the ball game after game. Um, Sam Bradford looked really good too. And he, he's really changed under uh, – the new offensive coordinator, Pat Schumer, 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 is that, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name or not. Going off the top of my head, I'm not looking at his name. Um, But yeah, since he came in last season, Sam Bradford has like, his career has totally turned around and he looks like a actual elite QB. And um, it's showing again this first week and possibly the rest of the season. So we'll see how well they do. They look like a playoff team for sure. Well, and uh, the the teams that are looking good, they're looking good. But how about the injuries? I don't think I don't remember seeing this many injuries after just the opening week. Uh, the one everyone's talking about is uh, most uh, fantasy football leagues drafted him first overall, David Johnson. David Johnson uh, had a pretty bad wrist injury. Now uh, it looks like, it, it, guys, is he gonna is he gonna get surgery? Um, actually, I don't know. I haven't read anything this morning about it. He was last time I read, he was looking for a second opinion, which I don't understand why players do that. Do you, what's the other doctor going to say? Like, oh yeah, you can play. I don't, I don't know. Well, I, it's, I think it's a matter of can he play and then get the surgery next season, or just get the surgery now and then play uh, afterwards. Uh, regardless, they're saying two to three months for David Johnson. Now, if you're a fantasy owner, that's essentially three quarters of the season. Um, I have him in our league, and I'm just going to keep him riding on that IR train until the playoffs start. Hopefully he'll be back in, in top form. Uh, other than that, um, that's David Johnson. Any other players? Uh, another running back, Danny Woodhead. Um, significant- oh, what a surprise. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> significant injury on the, uh, on, the, on the receiving side of the ball. On the rushing side of the ball, not, um, not really a significant loss. Cole, you drafted Terrence West for a reason. 
because Danny Woodhead was going to get injured in the first game of the year. Like I, It's just like it's something that you just know. Going into NFL season, you know that the Browns are going to suck, the Patriots are going to do good, and Danny Woodhead and uh, White are probably going to be injured in the first game. <laughs> and that's it. You know those four things going into any NFL season. So that's why I took uh, – West for my on my uh, bench. It's a great great call. You guys, I think I heard someone mock it when I made the draft when I made the pick, as if he wasn't going to be the first back after week one. I don't know. Well, um, I, que- I questioned it, but I'm I'm now I'm now apologizing. That that's a great pick. Cole. This is the, this is the second time it's happened too because last year I took Jay Ajayi and everyone was like, "Why'd you take Jay Ajayi? They have what was it Foster ahead of him? Look look at that Ajayi was top five pick this year in fantasy. Yep. So yep. I also took a. JHI in one of my leagues first and this year it looked like it was a bad pick oh last no year. no last year yeah and it was it a looked great like pick. it was a bad pick and then it ended up being like the best pick i made yeah i'm pretty sure i got him like ninth or tenth round too and everyone's like that's a dumbass pick he's never gonna pass arian foster and foster <laughs> no, retired i think that's when i drafted him too yeah it's a great pickup so anyway yeah. that's why i picked west too um, some of the other injuries that uh were super unfortunate had to have been um uh, Eric Berry in that Kansas City uh, defense. He's one of their top uh, players at safety. I feel, I feel bad for him. What Achilles. He's out for the year, which really is a huge blow because he's he's kind of the heartbeat. Dude, he team. played. He was so good on Thursday night. He stopped them on fourth and one. I think one of those one of those series that Patriots went for it on fourth. Yeah, he was all over the field, and yeah, I feel really bad. I feel bad. He's gone through so much in his career already. He's a great player. Um, also, Allen Robinson, another top fantasy target, wide receiver, number one wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. He was Blake Bortles' favorite target. Um, but is this going to be as, as significant of a blow to the Jaguars as people think? Um, yes. It's Allen Robinson. I mean, he's still a big body on the field. Now they're going to Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns. Not that they're bad. But Marquise Lee is pretty big. He's a big guy. <clears throat> I don't know. That field just gets a lot smaller. Or their receiving corps gets a lot smaller without Alan. You know, two years ago, Alan Hearns. I mean, uh, Alan Hearns. Uh, what's his first name? Robin. Why am I forgetting it? Mark. What? Alan Hearns? Marquise Hearns. Alan. Is it Alan Hearns? Yes. Alan Hearns. Are they both Allens? Oh, they got double Allen going on out. And- <laughs> they got they got Allen. 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 <laughs> I just confused myself. Yeah, okay. So two years ago, Hearn, I had Hearns on a fantasy team, and he was really, really good. So I can see. I, uh, it's – I don't know. I don't know what to think about the Jaguars' offense. They look good this weekend, but you never know. They could be bad next week. And – um I mean, you have Blake Bortles as a quarterback. He's hot and he's cold. He's yes and he's no. You know? Yeah. He's in and then he's out. <laughs> yeah, he's in and then he's out. Actually, that could be his career, like this season. So, so yeah, some other noteworthy, <laughs> other noteworthy injuries have to be uh, Ruben Foster, rookie linebacker out of San Francisco. He appears to not necessarily be out for the year, but at least out uh, indefinitely. Ronald Darby, uh, the corner from Philadelphia, who's traded for Jordan Matthews from the Bills, uh, and Stephon Tuitt from the uh, defensive uh, tackle from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um I don't want to waste too much time in the NFL because we have some other uh, stuff to talk about. So I'm going to go into a new segment 
that I'm starting up called the uh, fantasy sit and start of the week. And uh, I'm not going to go into the obvious sit and starts. I'm going to go into kind of that that waiver wire, that that kind of that last pick of the uh, that last pick to solidify your starting lineup. Um, so obviously, I'm not going to pick a guy like Derek Carr as your start of the week against the Jets at home. I'm going to go with uh, start of the week. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Uh, they're going to be coming in hot after the the hurricane, and then uh, they also have had a, a good week rest. And that week, they're going to be spending preparing to play their old quarterback Blake, or pardon me, Blake Bortles, um, uh, uh, Mike Glennon, uh, who's starting for the Chicago Bears. So the Bears will be going into Tampa. They've already announced they're still going to play the game in Tampa Bay. Uh, so I'm I'm high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Uh, another, just uh, another name we can go out uh, and list off. And Zach, you picked him up in our league was uh, running back Kieran Williams uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. Is he going to get the snaps that people say he gets after the Cardinals just signed Chris Johnson? Are you asking me that question? I'm asking you that question. Uh, okay. So I only, <laughs> I, I suggest to steer, uh, steer clear of the Arizona Cardinals backfield. I only picked him up just in case. And I had, I, I, I'm confident in my running backs right now that uh, I could afford to pick him up. And so I did just in case he does become the number one, but yeah, they've signed Chris Johnson. They were looking to sign. What's his name off the Patriots practice squad. And they also have Andre Ellington who uh, saw snaps last game too, mostly on passing downs. Um, so, yeah, I would suggest not starting Curran Williams uh, until we really know what's going on in Arizona. Um, my sit of the week, uh, actually, I have two possible sits of the week. Both of them are Detroit Lions receivers. They looked awesome uh, in uh, last week's game against the Cardinals, but they're going to be going into New York to play the Giants. They're going to be hungry, and they're going to be especially hungry on defense. That is one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. A lot of people went on waiver wire uh, and picked up this morning Kenny Galladay, uh, the rookie wide receiver uh, who seems to be Matt Stafford's new favorite target uh, next to Golden Tate. I actually am telling you not to start Kenny Galladay uh, and I think the Lions will be struggling on offense. It's a hot take uh, for my fantasy sit of the week, but I don't think he's worth the start. Um, and that would be uh, my fantasy start and sit of the week. Let's change gears, though, uh, to Major League Baseball. Two teams we want to talk about, and uh, just as we're recording this, uh, we were listening to the final couple outs of the uh, Detroit Tigers Cleveland Indians game over at Progressive Field Cole Indians 21 in a row is this team better than the 2002 uh, Athletics in every single capacity they are better than the 2002 Athletics first first reason the obvious reason is that uh, they won like they went all the way last year they didn't win they went all the way last year they're probably going to go close again this year they have a really good team because after last year's impressive season they decided to like bring in more more threats um and plus like they're not like the reason athletics will always be the bigger story is because 
Did you see the team that they fielded back then in 02? I mean, you've seen Moneyball. You know what they did. It was a joke, but they managed to make it work um, and then get kicked out in the first round. But that's fine. So, I mean, it's going to be like this team is going to be all of a sudden a threat in the AL. I didn't think that they were going to be that much of a threat to go all the way, you know, when we talked about it a couple months ago. But now here we are, you know. I might have them ahead of the Astros now to take the, uh, the AL. Also, fuck the Yankees. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I think. I don't know if anyone else has different opinion on if they're better than O2 Athletics or if they're worse than those that team somehow. I don't know. Zach, what do you think? Well, I'm not a huge baseball follower besides the Mariners. <laughs> mm. But uh, are they better than Athletics? I, I, I would say yes. Cleveland is definitely – I mean, this team looks like – they were in the World Series last season, right? Yep. So, I mean, I think they have the experience to uh, – to make it back, I th- honestly think that uh, the Indians and the Dodgers will be in the World Series this year. So I'd say definitely, yes, better than the athletics, the money ball athletics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, the athletics, I mean, they, they didn't go to the World Series in 2001 and then go in 2002 red hot. The athletics team was special because the athletics team was just a bunch of misfits that just played well together. They were guys like David Justice and Jason, not Jason, Jeremy Giambi. Like they they had some just terrible players uh, that were just lucky to still have Major League Baseball contracts, and they did mm-hmm. well, and they worked well together. And well, it was a it lot was, of a lot of people forget that they had a really good. Uh, they had a lot of good pitching. They had actually good pitchers on that team, and that was one of the things they left out. In, in Moneyball, movie, yeah. they, they they just left it out of the movie because it made it more dramatic that they had all these guys that were could barely play in the MLB yet were yeah kind of Hackenberg and they 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 had they they had some misfits in the bullpen but they they uh, they got rid of like their top member I don't know if any of you guys remember Isringhausen who went to the Cardinals and was on the Cardinals for years as the closer they used to have him they used to have Jason Giambi. Um, the Johnny team used Damon. to be absolutely loaded. Yeah, like the O one team was stacked. Yeah, and then they, of course, they lost those three big names. And I don't know, like it's just, it's a different story. It's the the Indians aren't really a Cinderella, you know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really liking the whole comparison because uh, the Cleveland Indians on paper are a much better baseball team. If anything, they have a better bullpen. They got or they got a flashier, way flashier roster. Like just. The, their offense and top their top nine is just night and day oh, yeah. way better than the athletics. And if you actually look into it now, remember like, what was it gentlemen, like five episodes ago, we were talking about who's our favorite, you know, coming out of the major league baseball. And we were saying like, I think we had like kind of a mutual agreement, Dodgers Astros. I was saying Yankees. Mm-hmm. I want to still say Yankees, but man, this Indian team is built for a long playoff run. Yeah, and the Yankees have kind of fallen off a bit. They're actually not even like leading the um, their division anymore. The Red Sox over. I mean, the Red Sox cheated. All right, you know we're gonna give them that. Uh, but still, I think that the it's I think it's the Indians now. It's proving it now, winning yep. twenty one in a row. I, I, they overtook my pick. I picked the Astros to win it all, but ooh, the team's hot. I want to see it. Honestly, I like the change in team. Like, I like the change in. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, the teams that are good now. I mean, it's no longer the Yankees or the Red Sox. And um, the, I, these past couple of years, uh, 
the lower teams, the teams that don't have the giant payrolls are playing better and winning games and making it to the World Series. So it's a nice change in baseball, I feel. At one point... Yeah, there's less parity. Yeah, the the late 2000s, early 2000s, it was all Yankees all the time. Yeah. And it kind of sucked. Until the Red know? Sox, and it was just Yankees, Red Sox. Who's going who's gonna to win in the uh, AL between those two? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a nice change. I like it. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you, switching gears, is a team that had a losing streak. Uh, in fact, a super long losing streak. The Los Angeles Dodgers. We were talking about them as the easy favorites of winning the World Series. They were winning so many games, even without Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw comes back, and all of a sudden, they ended up going on this crazy losing streak. What is going on there, Cole? I'm not too worried about the Dodgers, honestly. Like, There's almost zero... Part of me that's worried about that team. Yeah, they had a slump, but they're they're set. I mean, would you rather them slump now or slump in the playoffs? They've still got um, a few more weeks in the season to bring it back and get into form for the playoffs, and I think that they will. I mean, looking at this team, it's impossible for them not to. So I think that there's nothing to worry about. I think that the Dodgers should, should still be the favorite out of the NL. I mean, the Nationals are good, but I'm going Dodgers. I still think that they have the best team. Um, I don't know. Dexter, do you... Are you in on this one? Are you following this at all? Or Dexter had a good explanation for oh, man. for I don't follow baseball. I wait for the World Series and then I jump on a bandwagon. Okay, so how about this then? If you had to pick a, a bandwagon from the, the Dodgers or or Nationals, just you don't know you don't know baseball very well. Pick one from the from that league. Well, is Mike Zorbis still in the Nationals? Uh. Or Ben's uh, Ben, ben Zobrist is on the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Okay, then I'm going with the Dodgers. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Zach, what do you think? Even though they're, one of their owners has AIDS, I still think that the organization doesn't have to have AIDS. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. What? Who has AIDS? Magic Johnson. Cool. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, Zach, what do you think of all this? <laughs> Oh God! What am I? What am I saying? Sorry. We're talking about the Dodgers uh, with their losing streak. Are they still going to come out of the AL? Do you still have oh, faith yeah. in them? If I was a Dodgers fan, I'd still be hyped. <laughs> like I wouldn't care that they lost. It was eleven in a row or ten? Eleven, right? Eleven in a row, and they just clinched the playoff berth. Fuck! I'd give anything for the. Well, I wouldn't really give anything for the Mariners to be in the playoffs, but I don't know. The Dodgers have been a shitty team for a while, and now that they've hit. Um, success as a fan, I'd be pumped about it, and I think they don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, like Cole said, get 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 uh, the losing streak out of the way, yeah. and then crush the playoffs. Boom. I think they have an easy easy uh, path to the World Series too. I don't know. The Nationals are a pretty I, good team, though. Uh, we can't overlook I the guess. Nationals. I just hate Bryce Harper. I love Bryce Harper. You get the fuck out of here. I don't like him. All right. His mouth is I too small. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. He doesn't have any lips. <laughs> fuck. What are you just talking about? don't have lips. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> he invented clown question. Clown question, bro. He invented that. He invented what? That's a clown question, bro. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, don't I don't remember that. that. Um, Dexter, something that uh, I would like you to chime in for today in the NBA. We're going to just uh, short story in the NBA right now. Kobe Bryant's number eight and 
number 24 are going to be retired. Is this ridiculous or should they only be retiring one of Kobe's jerseys? I think they should meet right in the middle and retire number 16. <laughs> retire the average of his two jersey numbers. But no, like realistically, man, yeah, why you can't choose one of those two numbers to retire. He three-peated in jersey number eight, and he was one of the best players in the league. Pretty sure he dropped 81 points wearing that number eight. Then number 24, he was just iconic. He was like, you know, he was a global superstar. He was the ambassador of the NBA all across the world. And he won two more championships back-to-back, went to three straight finals wearing that number 24. You can't – You know what they should do? They should just retire Bryant. So no one on the team can ever wear a Bryant name on their back. <laughs> you, name yeah. Bryant. you have to have your first name on there. Like a soccer player. But like, yeah. Here, here's a, I mean, I understand Kobe Bryant isn't Pavel Bure, but Pavel Bure at the Vancouver Canucks wore two numbers. He wore number 96 and then he also wore number Yeah, 10. but he wore 96 okay. for what? How many years? He wore 96 for, I believe, two, two years? Yeah. Okay, and, and he was stellar. Knows him as number ten. He was stellar in that number, but think about. You, Wait, did they retire ninety six for Pavel? No, Burry? just ten. No. Just ten. They they retired. Okay, that's different because what Kobe did it for LA throughout his entire career is ridiculous. What he did wearing number eight with that team that he had that he took to three championships is, I mean, that is an unbelievable team. He was an unbelievable player. Then he went to twenty four and somehow cemented his legacy as like one of the top players to ever play the game. He's up there in the top five of every single person's list, probably even top three, honestly, especially in people our age. He's up there with Le- like LeBron yeah. and, and obviously mm-hmm. MJ. So, I mean, you can't – you have to retire both. Bure wore 96 for the small, a super small time in his career, so it's a huge difference. And no championships in Vancouver, might I remind you. I think they should just retire 24. Yeah, I also think that they should just retire 24. Two numbers being taken away from other players? Ugh. No, I'm with Dexter on this one, dude. But that like is, number he's legendary. Eight, did you even see him in number eight? Like, yeah, he was but, dirty. He dropped yeah, 80 okay, yeah, points. When did, when did uh, Shaq leave? Shaq left in 2004. And when did Kobe Bryant switch jerseys? 2007 or eight. Uh, 2007. Yeah, I think 24 Kobe was like the leader of the team Kobe, you know? Yeah, but 8 I, Kobe was like the yeah. legacy of the Lakers. 20, 24 Kobe dropped 60 points and hit a game winner in his final game. Yeah. That's sick. Okay, but yeah, so I'm saying 24 Kobe like was the face of LA. He led them to back-to-back appearances, yeah. Three, right? Yep. Three. Back-to-back titles. I'm trying to remember because I I barely paid attention to basketball back then. Um, I don't know. He's okay. Just let me like, let me let me try I, and I ask remember you. Kobe Bryant is number 24, and the eight years he I feel like he shared mostly with Shaq. Okay, Zach, Zach, let me ask you a question. Okay, so let's just okay. Do you agree that um, Ichiro deserves to have his number retired by the Mariners? Yes. Okay, so imagine. That Ichiro, in his time with the Mariners, like spent half of his career wearing 51, half of his career wearing, I don't know, 15 or another number. And in one, like in the 51, he won the, had the 116 win season, made the Mariners relevant again. And then when he switched numbers, they won the fucking World Series. Imagine that. Would you retire both of his numbers at that point? 
Oh, shit. I don't See? know. Okay, so you're saying he changed to 15 and then won a World Series? Yeah, or whatever, right? So it's. I don't know because that never happened. So it's hard to. Ha- yeah, it's hard to you think You have about to question it. that. So then you switch it over to the Lakers and you switch it over to Bryant, who did so much more. I mean, yeah, like Ichiro is the legend in, in baseball and especially in Mariners lore, but like Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant. He did more than any player can do. He did more than like 99% of players with both numbers like combined. Like if you separate him into two players, number eight Kobe, number 24 Kobe, they're better than like 98% of all players ever alone, like single. Yeah, yeah. So I, then yeah, for sure, that. then I then I'm with the Lakers and I'm with Dexter and I think that they should retire both. Cuz that's how good he was. I could yeah, I could see both. I don't know. I could I could see why they're retiring both, but I don't know. I just maybe it's because I I I only started paying attention to basketball not that long ago, and 24 Kobe was the one that I I really only knew. So maybe that's why I'm thinking it like that. Of like that. That's probably it. I'd say. Number eight. I don't know. I just retired as 24. He's like old man Kobe. You know. I don't know. True, but he won the dunk contest in number eight. That's important. Whatever. I uh, retired both. I don't care. I hate the Lakers. He's super athletic. I liked his athleticism. You know what we're taught when we're talking basketball jerseys? They need to retire number 15 in Toronto. Vince? Yeah, they got to retire that number. No I one should agree. be wearing that number. I agree. It, who who has who has been wearing that number since then? I don't think I think it just it's just taboo to wear it. I don't think yeah. And so and so here's where I support Cole and Dexter is the fact that nobody really, I don't think, has ever worn number 15 in Toronto since Vince left. And I, I, even if they didn't uh, retire at number eight for Kobe Bryant, nobody would ever dare wear number eight in a Lakers jersey. So well, why not retire it anyways? What like Why even decide not to retire it? it it's just going to look kind of funny in the Raptors with two numbers, the same player. Um, but That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that, that's my argument towards it. Aesthetically, they shouldn't retire too, yes. you're saying. Yes. <laughs> I just think it'll just look silly because then it, it, 30 or 50, 50 years from now, somebody's going to look up there and be like, did Kobe Bryant have a brother or a dad or something like that? that no, you know, the legacy will carry on for that And that's going to force you to dig into the history books and realize that Kobe Bryant was great before he was great. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I want to talk about another Jersey retirement, switching gears to hockey over in the NHL. Uh, Milan Hayduks, number 23, is going to be um, retired by the Colorado Avalanche. Now, Milan Hayduk is not even near on the same level as a player like Kobe Bryant. Um, but he's going to join the likes of Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Patrick Waugh, Adam Foote, and Ray Bork. Are the Colorado Avalanche retiring jersey, or, or the Colorado Avalanche really need to be retiring these jerseys, Cole? Okay, I just... We need to take a look at what they have up there already. Milan Hayduke is better than um, than most of the players up there, or was better than most of those players up there in an Avalanche jersey. Okay, I still do not understand why they retired Ray Bork's jersey. That was so stupid, in my opinion. Okay, that he played, didn't make any sense. He played a year and a half. You're literally just retiring it because you know after 22 years, like it, it was. Yeah, it was a great moment, but. The fact that they retired his jersey is stupid. Um, but, yeah, I believe that Milan Hayduk 
deserves to be there. He stuck through that team. He obviously won those championship or the championship in 01. Um, I don't think he was there in uh, 96, but he was there in 01. He led the t- team in scoring, was on the line with uh, with Joe Sackick and like helped destroy the league, helped Sackick lead the league. He was a really good player, and then he stuck through that with that team when they were really, really bad. Like after the whole Solani Korea experiment, after Sackick left, after Foot and and uh, everyone else left that team. Like he came in and um, and he stayed there. He captained the team near the end of his career, and he was easily the best player. He's easily the best player whose numbers not retired. Do I think he should be he, retired? He, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I he he did play the most games ever in that jersey uh, for that team, including the Nordique. So he played the most uh, for that franchise and games played in that jersey. Oh no, he did not. Sorry, I'm thinking Colorado Sackick obviously did. I, my point is, either way, I'd say sure, put him up there, but don't start putting other players who were from that glory team just because they were there. Like, don't put uh, fucking Stefan Yell up there or like any players like that. I think it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just um, take well, down Ray Bork's one, number. There is one more player, Cole. If they're gonna put Hayduk up there and they put Adam Foot out there and they put Ray Bork out there, Rob Blake. Is, is Rob Blake, right? The number four for Rob Blake. Is Rob Blake going to be retired or is he going to have his jersey retired with a team like the Kings where he's played twice? He won't have his number retired by either of them right now because he's. I think he's working with the Kings, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. So it's just kind of taboo to have your number retired by a team you work for. Uh, and two, he only played six years um, in Colorado. I don't think he's worth getting his number retired. Although neither was Ray Bork, so I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's a weird franchise. Joe Sackick, I love him. He was one of my favorite players growing up, probably my second favorite behind Korea, and he is unfortunately just driving this team into the dirt. I hate yeah, it's that. A, it's a Trevor Linden situation <laughs> no, in Colorado. No, no right way. Now. Not yet. Trevor Linden still has like developed some sort of hope, man, but like Sackick's taking Colorado. Like If we have another couple of years like we did, then the Canucks will be that bad, but Sackick's just destroying the legacy that he built for the, for that team. It's brutal. Yeah. Um, one other, um, topic in the NHL right now, great news, um, for Vancouver Canucks fans, Bo Horvat signed a long term contract extension, not a bridge contract. It was rumored for the past month that they had a, in place already, like a two year deal worth like 4.5 or 4 why million they, or something. Why would they even think about doing that? Because they didn't believe that Bo was worth the money for and the and the and the and the risk of a long term deal, which he was the leading scorer. He is definitely going to be a number one top line center going into next season with the Sedins on the decline. Um, and they got him at at a very at a very nice price. I mean, Zach, you, you seem pretty passionate. But what you know is that a, obviously it's a great idea to sign him long term. Uh, yeah, why not? He's definitely their best player, I think. Would you guys yeah. not? I, I mean, I'm not a huge hockey guy, and I can't say I watched the Canucks a lot the past two seasons, considering that I live in America now and it's hard to watch their games. But um, yeah, I think Bo Horvat is a future, and they need to build around him. Um, even if they can't, I mean, even if they draft someone that's better than him, at least he's still. He's an all-star player. Why not? Why not pay him? This the what's so this, what's so what's ridiculous. Sorry, what's Dexter. A bridge contract. A bridge contract for people that don't know um, is in the NHL. Um, 
you uh, your your entry level contract is only three years. Okay, once your three year entry level contract ends, your team needs to make up their mind. Do we sign this player? Has this player earned a long term contract to stay on the team, or does he just want a one year or a two year deal worth just a little bit of money and then? prove himself to prove to the team that he's worth that much money so to give you to draw you a picture the reason why we were the canucks fans did not want the bridge contract was because we feel like he's earned the right to stay on the team for an extended period of time this guy's going to be a future captain for the team um and a, a great example would be pk suban pk suban um wanted the long-term deal to stay with the montreal canadians a, a couple of years back uh, they, I think the price, Cole, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they were at like six or seven million a year, which seemed a little steep at the time because they're still paying Andre Markov's contract. But instead, they signed him to a two year bridge at like five million per. Subban ends up be, uh, either winning or becoming a candidate for the Norse Trophy on his contract year. And then he takes home that, what is it, 9.8 million a year for like seven or eight years contract so that's just an example of what happens when a bridge contract comes back to bite the organization instead just to give you a paint you a picture Bo Horvat signed a six-year contract every year he's getting paid 5.5 million to show you how disgusting some of the other contracts are in, in with the Vancouver Canucks right now for the next five years Horvat's getting paid 5.5 million a year Louis Erickson for the next five years is getting paid $6 million a year. The Bo Horvat contract is an absolute steal. Yeah. Uh, is it okay to chime in? Cause I'm probably going to like get a little long winded on this one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you. Okay. PK Subban contract was uh, the 5.75 for two years. And everyone was like, Oh my God, like that's a steal for a bridge, but it's only a bridge. He's going to get paid more. A bridge contract is totally going to, I think, I think a bridge contract is a terrible idea for an organization, especially with someone like a P.K. Subban or a Bo Horvat, because it kind of shows them that you don't trust them. You don't believe in that player. The Canucks, A, they do believe in him. They have to believe in Bo Horvat. If they don't believe in Bo Horvat, they've literally got nothing. Five and a half million dollars is an absolute steal, and I don't care what anyone says. For six years, I want to compare him to another player in his draft class because I think they're very comparable, uh, is Alexander Barkov. Barkov is obviously the better player. He always probably will be. He's got a little bit more of everything. But they're an all-around package player. They're up and down, and they can put up points. Uh, last year was the very first year, I believe, in like 10 years, that a player not named Sedin was the leading scorer on the Canucks, and that was Bo Horvat. Granted, he only put up 52 points. That number's only going to climb. And uh, like five and a half for six years. Like Jim Benning's made a lot of dumb mistakes. See Louis Erickson. But he, that deal was an absolute steal. And that's going to keep him employed for probably this season. Yeah, that's second line center money. That's not top line center money. Top line center money is usually in the seven to nine million dollar range. Yeah. Uh, so to have that that contract that really takes the load off the the Louis Erickson contract and allows the Canucks to unfortunately spend money on people like Thomas Vanek, but hey, we're not going to get into that no, during this podcast. I can't, I w- no, I am. I was thinking about okay. this because <laughs> I was thinking about this because I was sitting here going, well, like we've signed so many players, like the Canucks have signed so many forwards that they really don't need, but their lines actually don't look too bad. Um, when you have like you put Vanek with the Sedins, I think that is going to be the one. Although 
We said that about Verbata. We said that about Erickson. But Erickson's playing so well with Granlund and Sutter. Why would you mess that up? That young kid's line of Horvat, Bershi, and Besser is going to tear it up this year. Some people are saying Besser's not even going to make the team because he's too young and we have all these old guys signed. Screw that. That line excelled. There was the only good thing at the end of last season. Um, and I think Vanek's a great signing with the Sedins. And I think he's going to be hes going to be the next, um, I don't know. I mean, he's not hes not that kind of player like Anson Carter, but he's going to have success like him and, and Burroughs, I think. He's not going to be a letdown like Erickson, $6 million for nothing, you know? 100%. I mean, I could keep going into it, but I think I kind of made my point. I don't really need to keep going. Oh, yeah. Um, Dexter, I think it is time for the auction house. It's time for us to head down to the, our local market and see what we can buy. First up on the docket, of course, we're talking about wrestling. We're just going to get it out the way. There's an elephant in the room. Raw, Monday Night Raw, they've been blurring the lines between what's real and what's fake in terms of their promos. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about how Roman Reigns and John Cena proceeded to call each other bitch on live air. Well, last week, The Miz, he announced him and his beautiful wife, Maurice, they're having their first child. It was a beautiful moment, and it was primed to be ruined. Enzo Amore came out. He got the crowd all pumped, and then him and The Miz, two of the best people on the mic, they proceeded to have a conversation. But shit started to get real. Um, You can go find the clip on YouTube. They start calling each other by their names. Uh, the Miz starts calling out uh, Enzo Mori for reasons why people backstage don't like him and reasons why he's getting, uh, you know, written into losing all these matches, whatever. It gets real. It's a really good p- promo, probably the best I've seen all year. I want to know if you're buying or selling that WWE is more entertaining when it's more dramatic. Absolutely. It's why I watch it. I love the soap opera side of it. If I wanted to just watch the wrestling and the beating up side of things, I'll just watch UFC. So yeah, I'm buying. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to buy too. That's a pretty like obvious question. It's like you have money. Would you enjoy your money more if you had more money? Of course I would. So I'm going to say, uh, absolutely. I'm buying that. Uh, I'll sell it. <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of selling uh, like <laughs> i listened to uh fantasy sports radio and they were doing a live draft yeah. with all these celebrities at uh with the allison chains they were doing some fundraiser league and the miz was uh participating holy shit that guy is funny he's so the funny he talks so much shit him and uh michael rapaport i don't know if you guys ever love michael rapaport so Michael Rappaport, his podcast is really good too. If you guys want to support the podcast, but um, only when he supports uh, us. Yeah, they were getting into it live on air. So funny. So yeah, actually, I'll buy. I'll buy. I'll buy. I just switch my mind. The Miz. Change my mind. If he's not number one on the microphone, he's number two. Him and Enzo Amore are the best. Yeah, the Miz is the Miz is actually really good. But he's supposed on, to be like a on, a bad guy, right? Yeah, he plays he yeah, plays he a bit a of a job. heel. Yeah. He yeah. has one point where he says, like, he's like, if I'm telling you you're annoying, then you know it's real. Like he he gets really real <laughs> in that promo. It's awesome. Uh up next on the docket, new episode of Rick and Morty this past weekend. Did you guys get a chance to watch it? Don't spoil it. I haven't watched it yet. I have watched it. Cole, I have not watched it. Cool, you might want to mute it for this one. No way. Are you gonna talk about I- it? No, listen. Oh we are. God, I also I can't mute you because I'm recording. I have to keep it on. Damn. 
I mean, cover your ears. All right. Okay. Uh, the new episode of Rick and Morty. I'll try and keep it spoiler-free, relatively. Are you buying or selling the return of Evil Morty this season? Buying. That the new president of the Citadel definitely Evil Morty. Um, I haven't seen the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I said doesn't okay, well, spoil it, really. So okay, uh, because there's not actually yeah, spoil it. Behind it. I know, I know what I'm watching tonight when I get home from work. It, honestly, this episode was probably the best one of the season. I think. Wow, definitely. Yeah. That's a hot take. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, jeez, oh, jeez, oh, guys. Well, I just want to and know so- what you're up to. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid. Okay, well, and uh, let's just I, skip I, this I, one. I okay, a- we're buying. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I read on Wikipedia, I read I read through all the um, the episode names, and I'm pretty sure the last episode of the season has to follow up this last episode that just aired. So we have three more episodes I'm so excited inter- in the season. So excited for Interdimensional Cable. Yeah, next episode. Part three. It's not going to be Interdimensional Cable, but whatever. He even says it in the preview. Okay, anyways, continue. Oh. All right, let's move on to technology. People were pretty pissed last year when Apple, they did away with the auxiliary port on their iPhones. People, Cole, you here? I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm glad you persevered. I'm glad you still got one of those iPhones without the aux cord and you can, you know, struggle to listen to music without your adapter. Now, with the announcement of the iPhone X, I'm not calling it the iPhone 10, the iPhone X, they said there's going to be no home button recognition. Now, if you owned Apple stock, now not literally, just like if you were someone who used Apple products, are you buying or selling your Apple stock? I think... Oh, I'm selling I'm, oh, 100%. Sorry, Cole, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think I'm the only guy here who has an Apple phone. Am I not? I used I to. So. I used to, though. Okay. I love – I actually love my iPhone 7. Um, I, I, but I, I love the phone. I really hate not having an uh, uh, auxiliary port. But that's okay. It's something I can get over. I'm still selling this. I'm selling the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X, 10, X, whatever. Uh, the only thing cool about it is they have the, the – like tabletop charging, which I think is neat as fuck, but I'm selling. I'm selling like a get motherfucker that. on this one. God, Apple's a shit oh, company. Right. It's oh, such a bad all, company. We're all in cahoots over the auction house so far today, and I think with our last item up for bid, I believe we're all going to be in unison. Are we buying or selling that Destiny 2 is the game of the year? Buying, I'm taking that straight to the bank, bro. I'm buying like 20 copies of that shit, selling them on the black market. That game is so good. I'm so hyped right now. So hyped. Stay tuned. So as someone that never played Destiny 1, but played Borderlands and uh, The Division. The Division. Oh, I also, yeah, well, okay. I played Halo, but oh, there's so many similarities between Destiny and Halo. Halo on steroids, man. As someone who's just now playing Destiny. Destiny 2 is a really good game. It probably, honestly, I haven't been playing a lot of games this year, but what what else has even come out? It's 2017, so you can't say that Destiny 2 is the game of the year when other games have come out that are decent. 
but I don't remember which one. The fact that you can't remember them means that no other good games have <laughs> no, come out. World of Warcraft. Oh, the new World of Warcraft expansion was pretty good. Nah, it doesn't count. This nah. 2017, didn't it? Or was that last? Yeah, but this Destiny expansion is pretty sick too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Destiny Two is a fun game. I'm enjoying it. The only thing I hate about it is that we can only play. Your party is three people, so how I don't I don't understand how like. I can play with all my friends all at once, you know? Raids, baby. Again, stay tuned. Cole's closer. What's good? <laughs> I just like shooting people's heads off, and this game allows me to shoot people's heads off. Uh, I am selling because I played Destiny 1, and I got bored of it within two weeks. Oh, my God. You haven't even played Destiny 2. It's I was going to buy... Boys, I was going to buy T- Destiny 2, and I was only going to buy it because my boys were playing it. And I was in the process of buying it, and I pressed the red button on my debit machine and then decided I'm not going to do this. Oh, and I walked away. God. Uh, The only other option for Game of the Year is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but none of us have. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's probably going to be Game of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to sell. I'm selling now. Yo, Mario Odyssey or whatever it's called is coming out next month, too. Okay, it's Game of the Year for PS4. Which time? All you have to do is get me that job in Nova Scotia. Yeah, I have a new job now too, so technically I should buy a Switch right now. Yeah, that's that's what Where? you're supposed to do before your job. What? At UBC. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I've gone from SFU to BCIT to UBC, so I have no loyalty at all to any school. All right. Well. All right. All right, Cole's closer. What do we got? Whoa, whoa, we got seven and seven, right? Zach, you got seven and seven today. I do. Let's do it. Oh, do you? Of course we do. Why? Why would you assume I don't? He misses one week and you lose all faith on it. All right. Well, we can start it if you guys want. I can talk about how how it's named seven and seven. If you guys want me to do that too. The people haven't heard it in a few weeks. It's true. Well, the thing is, I was born. On uh, July seventh, oh, it's July seventh, July twenty first, nineteen ninety one. As you all know, July is the seventh month, um, and the twenty first is divisible by seven. And nineteen ninety one was the seventh year of the Chinese calendar cycle thing. Going, I don't know, um, but I weighed seven pounds and seven ounces, and I was born at seven o'clock. Wait, I was born at 7.07. I didn't know how else to explain this. Uh, 7 o'clock and 7 minutes. Is that how you say it? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's why it's called 7 and 7. Okay, so we got 7. I want to see your birth certificate. I don't know how much you really weighed. I did waste. uh, I don't have it on me. Otherwise, (laughs) I'll (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm getting really hot because the sun is shining right through the window. Onto me, so we got to do this quick in seven minutes. Okay, 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 okay. Are are we ready, Cole? Are you timing me? We have the clock. Oh wait, wait. I pressed calculator by accident. We have the uh, clock now, ready to go, and I got the buzzer ready to stomp you out. Okay, count me down. Count me down. You ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Kareem Hunt had a total of 246 total yards from scrimmage, a record for an NFL debut. Dalvin Cook broke Minnesota's debut rushing yards with 127. And Leonard Fournette also had a great debut with 100 yards rushing and a TD. 
which of this mega draft class of running backs will have the best season or the best career? Uh, really quickly, I'm, I didn't. I actually tuned out halfway through that. I'm going to say Kareem Hunt's going to have the best year because he already showed excellence, and uh, it's going to keep going for the Chiefs. Good thing I bought that Chiefs jacket. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say Kareem Hunt is very good, and I think he's the better of the, all the running backs right now. But Dalvin Cook's going to, based on paper and based on that offensive line, he's going to be the best. Kareem Hunt, he really wowed in his first game, but and I think that's more of a flash in the pan. Not saying he's a flash in the pan player. I just think Dalvin Cook will turn out better. Yes, season I and agree. career. I agree, Dalvin Cook for season and career. Leonard Fournette, since no one said anything, I think he's going to go the way of uh, Eddie Lacy, become too big and slow. Um, Number two, sticking with NFL running backs, the Saints trotted out all three backs on Monday night. Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson, and Alvin Kamara, the rookie. Uh, Kamara had the most touches of all three. At one point, it seemed AP was displeased with Sean Payton's choices. Uh, Do you guys think AP will still be on the team after the trade deadline? Or will Ingram and Kamara be the ones traded if anyone goes? I hope not. I believe Adrian Peterson is worth being on another team. At least he'll get more touches on really any other team. It seems like Kamara has basically stepped in as either the backup or the future starter for that team. Cole? AP is uh, he's going to stay because he's ticket sales, baby. He is straight money, uh, and he's a legend. Uh, so whether he does good or not, he's going to stay just for that reason. Dex? I was watching that game last night at work, and I didn't even realize Adrian Peterson was on the team until they were shaking hands at the end of the game. If anyone's leaving, I want to say it's him. But look at Mark Ingram. Look at uh, Alvin Kamara. They look kind of similar. If anyone's going, it's Ingram. All right. Uh, I, I This is one of the confusing backfields in the NFL, so I'm not even going to touch this one. Just like I won't touch anything about the Cardinals or Bengals or whatever. Um, number three. Which injury this weekend hurts the team most? Eric Berry, oh my God, Eric Berry with the Chiefs, David Johnson with the Cardinals, or Allen Robinson with the uh, Jaguars? Uh, I think Uh, Eric Eric Berry. Eric Berry, that defense is too important to Kansas City. Okay. Uh, Cole, sorry. Zach, you got to start just like throwing these at people so we can hop around. Yeah, yeah, Uh, I should. should. I'm going to say Johnson because he like takes away, like, not just like, a bit of the running game, so much of the running game. So I'm going to say Johnson. Dex? Kerwin Williams stepped in. He played all right. Uh, I think they'll be able to make a committee. They just signed Chris Johnson. Allen Robinson, Blake Bortles kind of sucks. They don't really pass the ball too much. I'm going with Eric Berry. I agree with you, Chase. How do you feel on this, Zach? Uh, I'm going to go with David Johnson just because he was the Arizona Cardinals offense. Uh, Carson Palmer looked terrible, and uh, their receiving core isn't great. And Larry Fitzgerald is getting older. So definitely David Johnson. We'll see what happens the rest of the season, though. Um, number four, the Cleveland Cleveland Indians. This is something we've already kind of talked about. The Cleveland Indians have won 21 games now in a row, while the L.A. Dodgers just ended 11 games losing streak. Are these two teams on a crash course to meet in the World Series? And who would prevail? Uh, Chase Johnson. Uh, Indians, I think, are ready. I think they're going to do it. Uh, based on their pitching and the way they're playing right now, the hottest team in Major League Baseball in September is usually the winner of the World Series. Cole? Yeah, I'm going with the Indians to take on the Dodgers. I think they're crash course to face each other, but I think that uh, my boy Edwin Encarnacion is going to win the title with the Indians. Dex? Yeah, didn't they beat the Blue Jays last year and then snatch Edwin uh, Encarnacion? Let's I'm not, not talk about it. Indians. I'm going to the Dodgers. <laughs> I think uh, uh, the 
Texas, I mean, the Texans, the Astros uh, will beat Cleveland in the uh, conference final or the, you know, the final and then go on to the World Series. So there you go. Um, number five. Whew, this is a long one. So Ed Murray, the now former Seattle mayor and accused child molester, cited on a privately funded $660 million bid by the Oakville uh, Oakville. Oakview Group to renovate the key arena. The plans are set to have the building ready for action in 2020, including transportation mitigation for the surrounding area. As a former Seattleite, I can tell you that the Seattle Center area where the key arena is located is a very hard place to navigate during busy traffic key times of the days. And there's literally almost no parking around the arena. Billionaire Chris Hansen had plans to build a brand new arena in Soto near Safeco, all privately funded as well, but Seattle City Council wanted nothing to do with it. So my question is, how badly did Seattle fuck this up? Uh, they fucked it up very badly, Zachary. Uh, I think the biggest thing, though, is they're going to come back to the table on Tuesday with a whole whack of signatures to get this thing at Soto done uh, and get it uh, looked at again. Chris Hansen's group, this makes way more sense for Seattle. Regardless, I don't think the people, especially in British Columbia, are going to care what which stadium goes where. All they want is an NHL and NBA team back in Seattle. Cole? I agree, and Soto is the way to do it. Key Arena, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why you guys lost the Sonics. I think that Key mm-hmm. Arena is a joke. Put it in Soto with Chris Hansen's group. The NHL needs Seattle hockey, and the NBA needs Maybe not. They're not. Maybe not calling the Supersonics, but they need a Seattle team once again. Dex, I think it's really cool that people from Seattle call themselves Seattleites. Oh, that's dope! Oh my Zach. god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay. okay, that was a good. They fucked up. I, let's just agree that they fucked up, and they should have built the Soto Arena. And now uh, we only have like six and or uh, half a minute. Let's go then. I'm, I'm hyped right now. Let's uh, go. <laughs> NBA says they don't have any partnership with the arena being built in Seattle, which means no NBA expansion talks as of right now. But Oakville Group co-founder is Tim Leewicki, who used to be the president and CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and also the president and CEO of the Ann Schultz Entertainment Group, owners of the Los Angeles Kings. So question is, which league will make it to Seattle first, NBA or NHL? Wait, you say Leewicki's with the NHL? Because if he is, then yes, the NHL. Leewicki's a fucking mastermind. Tim Laiawicki is a monster. He will get the NHL there. That being said, there's way too many organizations and businesses <laughs> that are backing the NBA coming to Seattle. <laughs> what? Why? Sorry, bro. What? We, we no, ran out of time. We were bro. doing so well, I feel like, and Holy. then somehow we got stuck. Okay, let's somewhere. finish him off. They'll finish off the seven decks. Go ahead. All right, Dex, are you? <laughs> who do you think you been through? Are you not? Dex, are... What's up? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, basketball team, I guess, because the NBA looks more primed to expand before the NHL expands again. Uh, okay. Uh, I think it'll be the NHL. It seemed like, um, what's his name? Gary Bettman wanted Seattle to bid for a team. Adding an NHL team there just makes okay. more sense for the 32 teams. Are you teams. talking just expansion? Or are we talking like relocation and everything? Well, I mean, which, which league do you think will be in Seattle first, NHL or NBA? In any capacity. I'm still going to go with basketball. Okay. Did you have one more? Or was that seven? Yeah, I did. Um, This one is just a dumb one, as usual. Uh, Real Madrid star Marco Asensio can't play in their first Champions League game of the tournament, which is today, uh, because he has an infected pimple on his leg, 
what is the weirdest injury you guys can think of that kept a player out of a game? Oh, that's a tough one on the spot, man. Yeah, well, I know. In- oh, that time Andrew Bynum went bowling and tore his ACL. That's a good one. A couple standouts. There was, he was recovering from an ACL injury and went bowling and retore it, and then didn't ever play again. <laughs> wow, <laughs> uh, that's brutal. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, a couple standout yeah. for me. Not really that's an injury. Um, in the playoffs back in I think it was '08 or '07, Roberto Luongo had to miss the beginning of overtime because he had to take a poo. That's pretty funny. Uh, but the best injury was I think is Joe Sakic. He had to fix his snowblower and shoved his hand into it and it just cut up his hand and he was never the same after he only played like i think one year after and then he was done so yeah um i'm gonna i was just about to talk about the joe sackick snowblower incident as well um but another hockey injury uh that happened and it was just typical and laughable because it was to uh injury prone player uh vancouver canucks defenseman sammy sallow uh got (laughs) injured and i believe ruptured his achilles playing miniature hockey in his basement with his son he yeah. also ruptured his testicle playing real hockey with the Canucks. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there you go. That's right. seven and seven. Wait, do you not have one, Zach? I Well, I wrote an entire article about these when I was with Daily Hive. So, I mean, if you want to see mine, you can go go read it. That's a plug. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know what else is a good plug, guys? Cole's Closer today. It's a plug. It's sponsored. Sponsored by Nexus of the Universe. And none of you guys even know that I'm doing this. But... We're bringing back, we're bringing back Nexus Gaming. The Twitch feed will be live. I promise that. I'm not exactly sure when, but Destiny 2 came out. We've got our fire team together, and the raid came out today. And we're gonna, we're gonna do it, guys. Nexus Gaming, it's coming back. Stay tuned. It's gonna be an excellent show. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Cole's clothes are sponsored by Nexus of the Universe podcast. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Destiny is a good game, Chase. If you don't get it, I'll be pissed. Chase, you have to be part uh, of our Nexus of the Universe gaming stream. You have to. Chase, you bought Battlefield. I can, I can be, I can be a part of the gaming stream, but no. I'm not gonna be. No, you gotta be I, there, buddy. It's a lot of money. That's it's eighty dollars. Yeah, but it's eighty dollars dollars of a good investment. It's true. I've probably you gonna spend already played enough that I've made my eighty dollars back. Like I got so much shit to do. I gotta start going to the gym. I've gained fifteen pounds. Well, don't eat as much food. <laughs> And drink as much. Okay. That's what I do. I don't eat during the day, and I'm still the same weight. Yeah, I know. I want to play. What'd you say, Dexter? If you start going to the gym, then you I, can, when you're really sore and tired, play Destiny in your downtime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cole went to the gym yesterday, and he came on and played with me. Yep. I know, but like, I had to work two. I had to work from 4:30 a.m. till 9 p.m. Yesterday. Yeah, that's one day. Yeah, come on. One day, bro. One day. <laughs> what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? I am going to shower, and I'm going to no, have to you're work. doing a podcast. Okay, one so second. Hold up. Everyone, everyone no, stop. For one second, everyone, everyone stop. One no, second. Everyone, shut up. Priority. Shut the fuck up. Everyone stop. Before we start just jumping work. on work, Chase, guys. we're just going to rip into him for a good hour after this. But before we do, <laughs> we're just going to close it off. You don't have to hear it. Poor Chase. He doesn't need you to hear how badly we treat him about this kind of stuff. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Nexus of the Universe. On Twitter at Not You Podcast, you can follow us on SoundCloud, Nexus of the Universe. You can follow us on iTunes because we're that official, uh, and you can see us—I don't know—all around the internet, just being a couple of really cool guys. So there you go. That's it. Episode nine's done, and now we're gonna get back to uh, shit talking Chase Johnson. All right. Fuck you guys. Did I tell them what? <laughs> <laughs>
Did you tell them we're on Google too? Oh, damn, we're on Google Play. We are literally everywhere. Hit us up. And we're also on Twitch, Zach. I forgot actually what our Twitch name is, but you want to like hit that up too? What? Is it just Nexus of the Universe on Twitch? It's just Nexus of the Universe. Hit that up too because we're going to be live. We're going to be doing uh, Destiny 2 streams. We're going to be doing uh, probably once we all get Madden 18, we're going to do some connected stuff. We're going to keep it going. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And now let's go make fun of Chase. Peace.